This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. Got Kara Levin's very own Reggie Wilson with me. So life is good. How we doing, Reg? Doing good, man. Tuesday, ready to get into it. Let's go. Yes, sir. Fun show lined up because we're talking about Dalvin Cook and the Vikings running backs and where they rank in the NFL. Plus, the MLB draft is just days away. We're going to debate who's the greatest Twins draft pick of all time. And later, I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. All coming up on Superior Sports Talk. Remember, follow along on the Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. And on Twitter, smash that follow button at LockedOnMIN. To football we go. 63 days till week one of the NFL season kicks off. ESPN's latest article ranks the 10 best running backs in football. Dalvin Cook. What do you think, Reggie? 50 NFL coaches, scouts, and experts, they all got in a room together, decided the 10 best running backs in football. Where do you think Dalvin Cook landed on this list? I'm going to guess it's the number that he changed his number to. Mm, okay. Yesterday he said you cheated, but I feel like... <laughs> I feel like maybe you just got this one right. Uh, He was number three last year. This year, he drops a spot to number four. Well done. One NFC offensive coach said he needs to stay on the field because the whole Mm -hmm. team is different when he's in there. He's great. He can be even better with discipline as a runner and growing as a third down receiver. I think he'll show more all-around game in a new offense. Finally, one NFC front office member said, quote, I love me some cook. Give me cook Mm. all day. That burst is so impressive. Reggie, we know the knock on Dalvin, and there's really only one at the end of the day. Like the saying goes, your best ability is availability. Cook played 13 Mm -hmm. games, but despite that, still pumped out the second best yards before contact with 779, and for the third straight year, posted over 1,100 rushing yards. Talk to me about just how special this guy is, and if he were to ever stay fully healthy, What could he look like in this new Kevin O'Connell offense? Look, man, Dalvin Cook is that dude. He's that dude. Like, man, I remember watching that game last season against the Steelers, and Mm -hmm. I thought he was going to run for 500 yards that night. Video game stuff. It was just ridiculous. He just has another gear. And it's interesting because I think Alexander Madison is a fine running back. Great number two. Yep. But when Dalvin is in the game, it's just different, man. Like, it's just different. The 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 NFC scout said, love him some Dalvin that burst. That's exactly it. It seems like he never falls backwards. He always goes forward. He always makes a guy miss. Like you put him in a in a in a vacuum and he's always gonna get himself out of it. I just really enjoy watching him run. Like he's smooth, like like, he runs like a Cadillac, you know, like like an old school Cadillac, like the dudes that are sitting back, you know, just, <laughs> you know, just, just whipping it. Like, that's Dalvin, man. Like, he's just rolling. Like, you give him the ball and he's just rolling. And it's interesting because, like, he has missed games, but he's just so tough. Like, his toughness is one of the, the biggest, like, factors in his game and 
I think it just speaks to his talent level that he's not played a full NFL season, but he's still rushing for a thousand plus yards every season. Like the dude is him. Like, and I think because of his um, missed time these past several mm-hmm. seasons, I think sometimes maybe he doesn't get the respect of other people in the league, but obviously he's on the radar of somebody if he's making number four on this list. And, you know, look, this year we've seen probably the most Byron Buxton that we've seen. Ooh, little theme maybe, going on here. Maybe this is the year of the oft-injured guys mm-hmm. being oft-available. How maybe, about that? Maybe something in the that, water here that in could Minnesota be it. going on here. That yeah, I mean, it. all the way back to his rookie year, 2017, boy, did he flash in those first four games. Three and a half games, tears his ACL against the Bucks. week four. Here's the rest. Ten games started in 2018, 14 and 14 and 19 and 20, and then 13 games, as we said last year. So he averages about 11 games per year, about two-thirds. And you're right, people just want to see what a full season of healthy Dalvin Cook, 16, 17 games, would look like. And you look at the Rams, what they did last year in the rushing department, you try to get an understanding of what this year will look like for the Vikings, right? And they were about middle of the pack in most categories. Keep in mind now, this is with Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson, but 1,600 mm-hmm. plus rushing yards, only 10 rushing TDs in that offense, and averaged four yards per carry on 420 carries. Now, that's a Sean McVay, Kevin O'Connell offense, something that yeah. looks and feels much different than a Mike Zimmer-led Viking attack fans are used to seeing. Just last year, even as they started to air it out more, Vikings still beat the Rams in those categories. 449 carries, almost 2,000 rushing yards, and average 4.3 yards per carry as well. So things look a little different when you got a guy like Dalvin in the game plan. And we know Zimmer always wanted to set the tone, running the ball, being conservative, don't turn the ball over, playing good defense. But it's going to be interesting to see now under O'Connell how Cook is used, and just how they find a balance of making sure he's getting touches, but also sticking to their philosophy of passing first to set up the run. And I think the truth is we just don't know yet. But if I were to guess, I'd say this is still going to be a pass-happy system first and foremost, and they still find ways to get Cook his 20 touches, albeit in different ways, maybe like the passing game, etc. How about the backfield as a whole? I mean, this is a pretty stacked unit top to bottom with Cook, Madison, Kenny Nwangu, and now the rookie Ty Chandler. We know Madison is on his final year of the deal, and Nwangu really flashed last year. What do you think the best case scenario is and how they use all these different skill sets and maximize the potential as far as like a rotation goes? I think a rotation would be the best case scenario in keeping Cook fresh for longer and maybe seeing him play all 17 games this uh, upcoming season. You know, I think what's what's cool is, you know, when Dalvin needs a breather, you got a guy that can come in and, and still kind of beat you. And then, you know, on third downs, I think you can employ Dalvin. But to have the luxury of Kanae Wangwu, like, I think that would be a, a best-case scenario as well that you can kind of get him involved as a, a third down back. I think they have a, a really good running back room. And I'm excited to see how Kevin O'Connell decides to use all these guys because I do think that they all bring something different to the table. And I do think that they all bring something that can can help. He showed himself to be an effective runner 
You know, I think it was interesting. I think his production was was a little down when he came in to actually spell Dalvin like in game situations. But when he was like the guy, they could really count on him to do some damage. And so I think what would be good for him is just finding a niche and finding his role. You know, if Cook is going to be more available game to game, week to week, I think that could be something that he can find a niche in. And really being able to come in there and kind of, you know, they they always call the the other guy maybe a change of pace guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you're changing too much of the pace from a guy like Dalvin Cook when the dude is just electric in all facets of of being a running back. But there is something that Madison could come in and do just to offset what Dalvin does and really just kind of stick it to defenses. It's just like, dang, man, we, we've been dealing with Dalvin this whole game and now we got to deal with Madison too. Like I think it just provides another wrinkle and another thing for the defenses to have to be kind of afraid of when he comes in. And then, you know, you got Kane, who's a burner track guy. It's like, you know, get him the ball in space and watch out. And that presents another problem for defenses. So, I don't know. It's so interesting. Like, we talk about this Vikings offense and this potential, and I think if they can reach their potential, you're talking about a top five offense in the league. But they got to reach that potential, and, you know, that remains to be seen. So I'm interested. I'm intrigued to see what this offense does. It just seems like they have so many different ways to beat teams. I just want to see them try to do it. They all add a different wrinkle to the game, and now it's just exciting to hope that Kevin O'Connell can maximize and come up with creative ways to use these guys. I mean, they all bring something different to the game. Mm -hmm. Cook's got the burst, the home run ability. We know the guy's just electric. Anytime he touches it, he's the king of the castle, right? But Madison, as you said, proved his worth as a great complimentary piece with more of that bruising physical running style. Ken Enuangu, what he did last year on special teams alone, proves he's worthy of being involved in this offense in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's as their third down back. That wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Maybe you get Cook and Ken A in the same backfield at the same time. You flank or cook out wide, standing up as a wide receiver, drag some extra attention away from the middle of the field, and you get Ken A matched up with a, a linebacker one-on-one, a little choice route or something like that. I mean, the point is there's so many different options and styles to choose from yeah. in this mix. Last one as we wrap up. The NFC North was ranked by CBS Sports as one of the best running backs divisions in the NFL. They ranked second out of eight. I know Aaron Jones landed in the top 10 at number nine, but even in the honorable mentions or players who received votes, it really surprised me not to see DeAndre Swift get a little love, let alone David Montgomery or A.J. Dillon. I really think DeAndre Swift is in for a big season this year. And just as a whole, think this division has a lot of young talent for years to come. Quick thoughts on the NFC North and the list itself. Any surprises, snubs, etc.? No, I mean that's that's some respect right there to to give them that you know like beyond this division you know David Montgomery has been solid you know for several years um, really Swift and Jamal Williams as a duo are probably the largest like unproven unit um, that is in it but like they think that the talent in the division they say is undeniable still good enough to put them as the number two division for running backs in all of the nfl i think that's very impressive only behind the afc north which 
you know, they got some some young guns. J.K. Dobbins coming back from injury. Gus Edwards coming back from injury. Joe Mixon, Steady Eddie, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Najee Harris. Like, stacked. Yeah, pretty stacked. Sheesh. But to say that the, the NFC North is just right behind them mm-hmm. just kind of really speaks to the talent that's there uh, in the division. You know, I think you would probably say, you know, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, A.J. And those guys kind of lead the pack for this and probably, you know, take the mantle for having them number two. But then you you talk about uh, David Montgomery as well. And you're just like, well, I mean, he's been a consistent back, you know, in fantasy alone. You know, people Mm -hmm. are taking this guy every week uh, to Mm -hmm. do good things. And so, you know, I think that's going to be something for the Bears to have to really heavily lean on the rushing ability of him and Fields because I don't really know what else is going to happen with that offense because they really didn't <laughs> do a whole lot to improve that unit. But, you know, that that is some respect from this writer to put them at number two because I, I do think that they do have the talent to stack up against anybody in the league. Yeah, I don't know a lot, but one thing I do know, these guys must use Rock Auto. Rock Auto, <laughs> family serve business, serving do-it-yourselfers like Reggie and I for over 20 years. Reliably low prices, brake parts, tail lamps, even new carpet for your vehicle. Go to rockauto.com today. That's rockauto.com. Pretty cool to see these rankings. Get some healthy debate going. We want to hear from you. Go comment on the YouTube channel. Let us know what you think. 63 days until week one of the NFL season. Viking training camp just two weeks away. Until then, Reggie and I got you covered every step of the way. All right. To baseball we go. Twins had the day off yesterday. Guardians, White Sox beat each other up. Guardians take that one, 8-4. Move up a half game on the Twins. Twins now sit four games up on the Guardians, five and a half on Chicago. They take on the Brewers tonight in a quick little two-game stint and then wrap up the first half with Chicago for four games going into the All-Star break. Something else big that's coming up this weekend, the MLB Draft, July 17th to the 19th. Twins Mm -hmm. on the number 8th overall pick and it got me thinking Reggie out of all the great twins draft picks over the years who's the best who's the cream of the crop now of course we're in the middle of a Byron Buxton career which we don't know how it's all going to finalize but the stock arrow is pointing way up looks every bit the part of a number one overall pick he was selected with in fact if you were ever going to play 140 games he might just be the best player in baseball hands down but for me he's competing with guys like Joe Maurer another number Mm -hmm. one overall pick Kirby Puckett Burt Blylevin gotta be talked about and we still have no idea what Royce Lewis is going to do by the time his career finally wraps up but we've seen already why he too was chosen with the number one overall pick when it comes to the best twins draft picks of all time how do these guys rank for you it's interesting because this article on espn has byron buxton number one the guy for that's his, who they pick for his yeah. speed arm and fielding and i think it's a little bit of recency bias mm-hmm. just because you know, he's the guy that's present right here and right now. And the dude is an absolute talented guy. Like, as we've seen, if he's available, he's an all-star. Mm-hmm. Like, we've seen that this year. But I think because we haven't seen it consistently, I think it's hard to just put him at number one in this whole thing. Um, I think I'm a newcomer, so, like, I really can't, like, say – 
and and have a whole lot be put into my thoughts on this just because like you know i i haven't even been in minnesota a year yet so you know you take what i say here with this like a grain of salt but like when i look at the twins when i think of the twins um you know from afar that has been you know with me the last what 18 20 plus years you know mm -hmm. that i've been following baseball and you know, you think of twins over the last like decade plus, you think Joe Maurer. Mm -hmm. And then when I got here to see that Joe Maurer was the type of athlete that he was, like the dude could have probably gone to the NFL as a quarterback. Oh, he had a well. full ride to Florida State to go play yeah. quarterback. Unbelievable. Yeah. He had D1 offers to go play basketball. Unbelievable. Yeah. So when you talk about a guy like that, and he just decided that he wanted to play baseball and and you look at the the stats he was able to put up and like his full body of work i think you put him up there i also think you know i went over to this guy's house uh, and did a story and he had a a, a kirby puckett shrine he called kirby Dang. puckett his his idol like that was wow. his most favorite athlete of all time and when you think about it like that when you got guys like kind of worshiping right. kirby puckett like that i think you have to put him up there as well um so i think you for my list i probably go mauer puckett 1a 1b and then maybe you put byron you know after that at some point in the mix with with Bly Levin. like i, I think you you put him in the mix, but at number one, I don't think, you know, he hasn't even reached age 30 yet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we hope to see that his best baseball is still ahead of him. But I think it's just a little premature to, to jump Buxton up there, but he is in like firmly in the mix. No, you're right. I don't think there's really a wrong answer. You talked about recency bias, and, and it's like, okay, Buxton's hot right now. That's what's right in front of us, watching right. the magic of Buxton. So they put him number one. You ask guys from a little bit older generation who got to see Kirby Puckett and Burt Blylevin win those teams two World Series, and they may tell you the same thing, that it's got to be Kirby, or, or don't forget about Burt Blylevin coming in at 20 years old, doing the mm -hmm. kind of things that he was doing. You know, it's not fair, I, I think the point is, until the dust has settled. But right. as of now, yeah, I think it's 1-1A one one for me, too. Maurer and Puckett, as you said. Again, MLB draft just a few days away. Twins own the eighth overall pick. And when you look at their draft history, actually, the last couple of years, they've been known to focus on power hitters at the corners, left and right outfielders, Alex Kirilov, Trevor Larnick, etc. But headed into this draft, what do you think the Twins' front office should be focusing on? Pitching. Pitching. Mm -hmm. Simple pitching, answer, right? Pitching. Pitching and did I mention pitching? <laughs> did I say that? One more time. You, pitching. You, I think one thing that this season has shown us is you can never have enough. You can never have enough. But if you do have good pitching, it could take you very, very, very far. You know, if you look at this season from the Twins, if their pitching is better, they are running away with this division like running away with it because like the bats have shown up and the bats are there to the point where they are just kind of dominating opposing pitching. But now because the, the bullpen has been tough and you know, this last series, the 
actual starting pitching was leaving a lot to be desired mm-hmm. as well. I think that's the that's the sticking point for me. It's like, man, look, if they improve anything, it has to be the pitching. I think they have shown that they have developed some great guys in the farm. You know, you look at Royce Lewis, you look at Miranda, you look at Kirilov, Larnick, Garlic, like all these guys that have kind of come up through the ranks. Like I think you look at those guys and you're you're excited about, you know, what they've done with developing outfielders and, you know, hitters and, you know, the like. But what you get a little bit afraid of is, is this pitching up to snuff? And you can't have enough pitching. And this season has shown that. And you, you get you get like better pitching. You know, you look at the Yankees, you look at the, the Astros this year, you look at, you know, really a lot of those AL East teams and some of the best teams in baseball right now. What are they what do they have? The hitting is outstanding. Mm-hmm. You know, uh Aaron Judge uh what like 75,000 home runs this year so far but that pitching man like when we were previewing that series that they played against the twins <laughs> you got Garrett Cole then you got Nestor then you know like they're 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 like Every night, night in, night out. There's yeah. There's no like break. There's no day off. There's no like. All right, it was the, rough. The number four guys coming up. Yeah, all right. Nothing. It was rough because every night it was just like, oh lord, like who we who we gotta try to overcome tonight. And to the Twins' credit, they were they were doing well against those guys. But man, when you have rock solid pitching, mm-hmm. your team is just gonna go like. Like I said, they probably are up by like 20 games in this division if if the pitching is better than it has been because the hitting has been there. But now, you know, you're you're fighting for dear life to hold on to your, you know, three and a half, four and four game lead in the division because, you know, from any given night, you just never know what's gonna happen with the pitching. So, you know. Man, their first three, four, five picks should probably just be pitchers. This apparently is not going to be known as like a deep and loaded pitcher draft. In fact, we may not see one go until pick six, seven, or eight. So twins may actually get their pick of the litter by the time they're on the clock, which would be great. But mm. no matter what direction they go, when you got the eighth overall pick, someone loaded with talent should be sitting there in their lap and should be able to draft someone who's going to you know, bring some buzz and excitement to the fan base for sure. Somebody four or five years from now that comes up and hopefully Hopefully makes a lot of noise and impact. MLB.com has the Twins taking third baseman Cam Collier today. Ask me tomorrow. That name may have already changed. Orioles, by the way, who already possess the best farm system in baseball, have the number one overall pick, and they're projected to take Drew Jones, some of former Atlanta Braves, Andrew Jones. We're getting old, Reg. I can't believe that. We're getting old, man. (laughs) Here's the thing. I don't know, uh, you know what, what, for what, what their yeah what their daily <laughs> regimen is, but I know they must use Built Bar. 
Made with collagen protein, so it's easily digestible, provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Use promo LOCKED15. Josh Winder on the mound tonight versus the Brewers in the backyard. Target field, first pitch, 640. Rest assured, Reggie and I got you covered tomorrow, breaking all that down. All right. Time has come. My favorite segment's here. I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean, covering mm-hmm. all the latest hot topics in Minnesota sports. First up, CBS Sports' latest article highlights the NFL's top 30 players over the age of 30. On the list, one Viking found a spot at number 20, and that was quarterback Kurt Cousins. Mm. What does it mean when it comes to when the Vikings should start to prepare for life after Kirk and just how many high-end years should fans expect? He's 34 years old now, but Reggie, I mean, we've seen plenty of quarterbacks play at a pretty high level late into their 30s. And obviously, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, the gold standard, you can't expect that. But even guys like Big Ben, Phillip Rivers, Eli and Peyton Manning, I mean, you can play up there, but Kirk Cousins is 34. What's the forecast look like for the next couple of years for the Vikings and Kirk Cousins? You know, Kirk has stayed relatively healthy and durable throughout his career. So, you know, his first action was coming in for a guy who couldn't stay healthy and Robert Griffin III in Washington. And he kind of proved himself to be the better option just by availability alone. And so, you know, he, he kind of goes out and just does his thing, you know, quietly three, 4,000 yards passing, you know, going to get you at least 25 to 30 plus touchdowns every year, going to keep those interceptions down. I mean, a guy like that, he could play until he's 40 plus Mm -hmm. if he wanted to, you know, and there's always going to be a premium on having a good quarterback. And Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. And look, you look at Tom Brady, Tom Brady's 75 years old and he's still producing at a high level. Like he still has Tampa as a as a Super Bowl contender. Even at his advanced, elderly, you know, tapioca pudding eaten age, you know what I mean. <laughs> and so you look at Kirk Cousins, and he could he could definitely play until he's forty plus. You know what's interesting about Kirk Cousins is you know ESPN gave out their quarterback rankings yesterday. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it for tomorrow. But go ahead, sprinkle it in. So Kirk doesn't get the love that that he should. I no. think. No, he did not. He didn't get the love. He didn't get the love. And so I think what's what's interesting is Cousins is not going to be a guy that you look at and you're like, oh, man, you put him in the caliber of a, a Brady, Rodgers, mm-hmm. Mahomes, uh, even now, Burrow, Lamar. Herbert. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. L- yeah. Talk yeah. about Lamar. Yeah. 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 But – <laughs> I'm playing I'm playing spoiler for tomorrow. My bad. Dude. But I think Kirk Cousins should get some love as as a quarterback that can, you know, elevate the team around him given the right circumstances. You put a good line in front of him, you give him some good skill position guys. I think Kirk Cousins throws one of the best deep balls that we've seen in the league. Like I, I put him up there with just about anybody. Like he can like when he throws it deep, it's a thing of beauty. And so, you know, he's got all the guys, all the weapons. 
you know, we talked about how Kevin O'Connell wants to put, you know, some some wrinkles in to maybe get Dalvin Cook the ball out of the backfield a little bit more. So, you know, he has a little bit more weaponry at his disposal at a little bit more of a competent offensive coaching staff as well that will put him in better positions to succeed. I think if he decides to go out there and ball out this season and this turns out to be a nice little, you know, marriage between him and O'Connell moving forward, I I can understand and see how maybe they could go four, five, six more years together and and really do their thing because he's not a guy that's going to, you know, run and, you know, he's not a mobile quarterback. You just want to make sure that arm is still there and it still looks like it has as much pop as it ever had. And so as long as that's the case, I could see him playing for a long time. Yeah, I mean, he's showing no signs of slowing down. In fact, some could argue he's actually starting to hone and kind of craft his game even more now as these Mm -hmm. last two, three years have kind of developed. You better protect him if you expect him to play at this high level these next three, four, five years. And if that means you got to go draft another interior lineman in the first round, so be it. But he needs protection up front if -hmm. you expect him to play at this high level for the next four or five years. But I think he can do it if he does have that protection up front. He's got that clean pocket to step into because I think a lot of fans would agree with you, Reg. He's got one of the more accurate beauty of a deep ball. Intermediate routes as well are very good. We know Mike Zimmer really he kept the screws tight on him. He didn't let it let it loose, let it rip, take some shots, take some chances. Mm-hmm. Kevin O'Connell, this is going to look completely different this year going in. The other yeah. last note here on this list, Cousins the only Viking on the top 30, but honorable mentions, there wasn't one, two, three, but four Vikings. Wow. Getting a little over the hill here. Adam Thielen at 32. <laughs> Zadarius is at 30, even though he's only technically 29. He turns 30 in September. Then you got Eric Kendricks and Harrison Smith. That's four core pieces. I mean, that's a huge part of your nucleus. Is the window closing here a little bit sooner and quicker than maybe fans realize? What's interesting is when you talk to Kwesi, um at the start of free agency, he talked about having like a competitive rebuild you know, building for the present and the future. And I think the Vikings have a plan. You know, they see these guys on this roster, you know, aging out. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, they're trying to get the most production out of them right now. And then I think over the next few years, they're going to sign and draft some guys that replace them that are younger. And I think, you know, they're going to continue to ride these, you know, quote unquote, older guys out until, you know, their production is just not where it needs to be. And then by the time that they do ride the the older guys, the vets until their wheels fall off, maybe they have already, you know, signed or drafted their replacement and they can just kind of push those guys in, maybe not at the same production level at first, but with the potential to get up to that level and still keep rolling enough to to be in contention when you talk about the playoffs. And so I think, you know, that was something that people raised their eyebrows. It was like, what? Competitive rebuild? What does that even mean? But I think as we kind of move forward and you kind of look at the makeup of this roster, I think that's something that you think about. You're like, oh, okay, maybe you could kind of start to get it. You know, maybe where next season they do start to draft some pass rushers early. They do start to draft, you know, some more skill position guys earlier on in the draft. I mean, look, you got Thielen. You, if you find another guy like like Thielen, like that would be a steal. 
You know, like nobody really expected Adam Thielen to become what he's become. And now you're looking at him, you know, 32 or whatever. You know, he doesn't necessarily look like he's slowing down a bit, but, you know, father time is is undefeated in that regard. And so, you know, if he runs into an injury history, he runs into, you know, any type of, of snag in his level of production, this upcoming season, you know, you've seen guys that they've that they've taken that they're high on, like BC Johnson, and you know they drafted Naylor, and you know KJ Osborne's going to continue to improve, and you know guys like that. I think they feel like that they have kind of supplemented the team in a way that allows them to keep it moving and keep it moving um, in the future as well. Some big shoes to fill, and a lot of shoes mm-hmm. to fill here too, coming up quick. And you can't do it all in one offseason, obviously. Right. Uh, it would be a dream if you just hit on every single draft pick. But even just this draft alone, he drafts Lewis Seen. Okay, so maybe you got your long-term plan replacement for Harry. Mm-hmm. And Brian Asamoah from Oklahoma, the linebacker. All right, maybe you got a backup for Eric Kendricks when that time comes. As far as Thielen goes, at least you got J.J. and now K.J. Osborne, two young guys, 25 yep. and under, yep. that can eventually start to take over a little bit as Adam Thielen starts to wear down a little bit as time continues to go on. So it's going to be interesting to see how next year's draft looks as well once you start to stack them up side by side and see how much they're really trying to plan for the future while also winning now. Find that creative balance, as Quasey likes to say. All right, that's a wrap. Back here tomorrow, breaking down more Twins, Vikings, plenty more. Remember, like, rate, review, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV and on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota.